Well, good evening. Hope everyone is doing well. What an awesome update. I know Joseph and Sherry personally. They're, they're from our home church and good friends. And uh, man, they do have a lot going on. What an amazing ministry. And uh, man, praise the Lord for them. And uh, man, let me just say as we begin, thank you for the opportunity again uh, to be with you. It is a blessing. Uh, I hope you've been blessed from the Word of God. I've been blessed by your hospitality. I've been blessed by the fellowship and even the joking. And uh, man, somebody gave me a Buckeye earlier at dinner. I got some Honda gifts and some Nissan gifts, and uh, I will not be swayed, all right? I just want you to know. Now, cash talks, and so if you want to start bringing monetary gifts and... uh, yeah, those things motivate me. But anyways, I, I, in all seriousness, it's been awesome uh, to be here and to be a part of your church family for a couple of days. Uh, you really are a blessing to me, and so I, I appreciate that, and I want to say that again. Uh, it really, truly is an honor to be here. Thank you, pastors, for, for allowing me to come. And so we got, we got one more night, right? Let's, let's make the most of, of what we have tonight. And so open your Bible to John chapter 4. Tonight, we are, we are working through this passage, and by God's grace, we'll We'll get what we need to, to kind of wrap up our conference, and, and I would love to kind of review what we've been through. Let me just tell you that, that we are looking at this thing called the mission, and in John chapter 4, in our first session on Sunday morning, we, we talked about the motivation that we have to have to have the mission correctly applied in our life. We have to have the right motivation to really accomplish the mission. We looked in Jesus's life in John chapter 4. And in verse 4, he says he must needs go through Samaria. And Christ settled the issue of priority, and so he went where he needed to go to fulfill prophecy. And for us, the mission has to become a must. It can't be a might or maybe. And maybe again that you're here tonight and you still haven't settled the issue of priority. And, And I want you to know you need to settle the issue because you don't know how much time you have left. And we're going to get into that tonight, but listen, settle the issue of priority that Christ is worth it and the mission is worth it, and Christ did that, and because of that, it took him places that he needed to go. And he settled the issue of provision because he said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and he settled the issue of purpose because he said, it's my purpose to finish God's work for my life. And so we saw that motivation out of our first message. And then the second message last night, we talked about the methodology required for the mission. Because listen, even if we're rightly motivated and we don't have a right strategy or methodology, we won't accomplish the mission the way God intends for us to accomplish. And so Christ told us to look. We need to lift up our eyes and look. And last night we really talked about the importance of seeing the fields. We have to see the fields because our eyes affect our heart. And so listen, where we're looking is where we're going to have a desire and ultimately where we're going to go. And again, let me just reiterate, it's important for every one of us to go see the fields. Take the opportunity. Take a mission trip. You have missionaries this conference begging, pleading, Probably bribing. I don't know what happens after the service. I don't know. But listen, they want you to come because because they want you to see the field. And they're trusting that when you see the field and look upon the fields, you'll be willing to labor with them. Become a co-laborer in the ministry. And and, and Christ wants us to look so that then we can labor effectively. And, And the way we do that, we learned last night, is that we labor in partnership. And listen, personally, we each have to get involved in the mission. We have to become co-laborers 
in the mission. We see that all the way through the New Testament. Absolutely applicable for every Christian in this place. That we labor together, we enter into other men's labors, and we fulfill the mission. And, and then we learned last night that we have to really labor in prayer as well. Our prayer ministry is just as important as our, our, our personal partnership in the mission. And, and I said last night, our, our mission's focus will only be as strong as our prayer ministry in our, in our church and in our personal lives. And so, man, you hear these, these prayer requests from our missionaries, and, and we really have to go to bat and go before the throne of God and take those things in prayer before the Lord, trusting that God's going to answer according to His perfect will. And then, lastly, we talked about we have to labor in provision. And, and tonight, we're going to get the opportunity to exercise that, where we part with our possessions for the mission's sake. And truly, every single one of us can do something. And prayerfully, we've, we've asked the Lord, what is it that we can do? God, what would you have me to do specifically in Hungary to, to see pastors trained so that the ministry continues to grow? And, and, and we learned last night, listen, when we do that, we, we benefit. We don't, even, we don't even deserve to benefit from the mission. We just need to be obedient to it. But God is so good that he promises a reward in John chapter 4 and verse 36, He that reapeth, receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. And, and man, listen, Christ wants us to load up at the judgment seat. Listen, there, there is reward available to those that labor, and no reward for those that don't. And, and that ought to sober us up a little bit. Because again, our view of the judgment seat of Christ, our view of what happens after the rapture of the church, our view of the millennium sometimes is a little skewed. And it's important for us to know that, listen, man, what we do now in the mission matters. It matters now and it matters then. Christ is wanting to reward faithful service. And so you, had, you and I had the opportunity to do that. And so, and so we looked at the motivation, we looked at the methodology, and tonight... We're going to look at the miracle of the mission, and truly, it is a miracle. When we do what God wants us to do with the right motivation and the right methodology, man, God shows up, and God does amazing things, and God does what he, can, he alone can do. And so I want to have you look at John chapter 4, verses 27 to 29 as we begin. I want to read this passage. I'm going to pray again for us, and then we're going to deep, deep dive in it. John chapter 4, verse 27. Let me remind us, this is the, the story of the woman at the well. And again, we've kind of been all over this chapter. And we're going to pick it up in verse 27, a little earlier in the chapter than what we've, we've been focusing on the last couple of nights. Remember, Christ engaged this woman at the well in conversation. The disciples had gone into the city to buy meat. And now they've come back, and they come back right at the end of the conversation. And so in verse 27, it says, And upon this came his disciples and marveled. That he talked with the woman, yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city, and saith to the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that, I, that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Let's pray together. Father, we need you tonight. God, I need you tonight. I pray. Lord, that, 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 Lord, you speak to us. I know it's been a, an awesome couple of days. It's been a fast couple of days. I can't even believe we're, we're here at the last night. But, Lord, you're not done yet. Father, you have, a, you have a word for us tonight. God, I pray that we offer our heart and our ears. We've asked you, even in song, to speak to us the truth. 
And so, Lord, as we open your word tonight, God, may your Holy Spirit teach us. Do what only you can do. Father, get this, this, these stumbling lips out of your way and be glorified. May your word find root in our heart and in our ears. And may we respond in faith. And we trust you with that. And we ask it in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so if you're following in your notes, the first point tonight is this. I want to share with you the marvel of the mission. The marvel of the mission. Because listen, these disciples were in the city. And they bought meat. And again, they were focused on their physical need instead of the spiritual reality at hand. And when they came back, they see Christ engaging and talking to a Samaritan woman. And, and, and many of you know the story, man. She had a history. She had been married five times. The, the dude she was with now wasn't her husband. She's getting water from the well the wrong time of day. And when they show back up, they marveled that Christ was talking with this woman. And yet, they didn't open their mouth. It, it, was, it was a marvelous thing. They, they wondered at what Christ was doing, engaging this woman, offering her the living water. And can I just tell you, that's what happens when Christ shows up. Man, when Christ does something in our life, when, when Christ offers his free gift of salvation, he gives us what we really need, not we, what we really want. Man, it's a marvelous thing to behold. Look at John chapter 5 and verse 20, and I think I put it on the screen, maybe I didn't. The Bible says this, For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these, that ye may marvel. And I'm telling you right now, a Christ-changed life is something marvelous to behold. It absolutely causes people to say, man, look what God is doing. I can't believe that Christ is talking to someone like that. And listen, this woman had a reputation. In John chapter 4 and verse 18, again, Christ tells her, For thou hast five husbands, and he whom now thou hast is not thy husband. In that sayest thou truly. I mean, listen, she had a reputation. She had a reputation in the city. Christ knew who she was. And listen, Christ changed her life through this offer of living water. She had a reputation, but now she has a testimony. She has a testimony of meeting Christ. And listen, when other people see that, it's a marvel to behold. And listen, I look back on my life, and listen, we, I, you know, I shared a little bit of my testimony. And, and man, when I look at what Christ has offered me and given me, and what he's forgiven me of, and the wretch that I was, and people that knew me before I came to Christ. Listen, he did such an amazing work in my life. I'm thankful. I'm, I'm, I'm in awe and wonder of what Christ did in my life. And man, I'm thankful that he didn't just do it in my life, but he'll do it in anyone's life that's willing to receive him as Lord and Savior. And listen, we see missionary stories and we hear these things of transformed lives. But even in this room, there are people with strong, amazing testimonies whose life was a lot like this woman who had a reputation, whatever it was. And man, you were transformed by the power of Christ in your life. And, and, and what's marvelous about that is the gospel of Jesus Christ is able to break down every barrier in our life. Every difference, every distinction, Christ is able to break down barriers of geography. I must needs go to Samaria. 
I need to go to, to fully redeem Israel nationally, doctrinally, but there's a woman that needs an offer of living water. And Christ broke down the barrier of geography, broke it down of race and gender. Here's this Jewish man talking to this Samaritan woman. He, he broke down the issue of culture. She had been married, he's single. Christ breaks through the barriers of wealth and religion and heritage. And man, when he goes to work, it's marvelous to behold. That sounds a lot like missions to me. That sounds like missions to me. And, and, and let me encourage you, number one, if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, man, listen, I, I, I beg with you, I plead with you, respond to his free gift of salvation. Let him do something marvelous in your life that not only you can't do, but when others behold it, they'll just have to stand back and wonder. And it's an amazing thing. And listen, if you are saved tonight, can I just tell you, if you'll commit your life to Christ and to the mission, God will take you places that you've never imagined, like New Philadelphia, Ohio. Okay, well, you're already here, so he won't take you here, but, but maybe he'll bring you to Huntsville, Alabama. Listen, and he'll, he'll take you to people not like you. Now, that one works because we're, we're a little different, y'all. Buckeyes and Hondas. Okay, so listen. And listen, when, when God does that and Christ begins to work through your life, you'll see some marvelous things. It's the greatest life to live. Just to completely surrender. Man, his disciples who had walked with him and knew who he was, when they saw a transformed life, they marveled. They were just in awe. And listen, that's what missions is all about. That is the miracle of the mission. Number two in your notes, let me share this with you. Number two, another miracle of the mission is the multiplication of the mission. The multiplication of the mission. And again, if you look at verse 28, the Bible says that the woman left her water pot and she went her way into the city and saith to the man, Come, see a man which told me all things I ever did. Is not this... The Christ. And listen, if you've experienced Christ's forgiveness, you've experienced the living water of Jesus Christ, you've received the gospel of Christ, God wants to use you to multiply that gift into the lives of other people. And so this woman absolutely and immediately became an instrument of multiplication for the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, she didn't even go to seminary, no offense. God used her immediately, right? Here, here's a woman with history, with baggage, with reputation, with some sin. And I don't know about you, but that resonates with me. And Christ can take someone whose life is an absolute mess, and he can make them a missionary. And he can do it immediately. And man, when I see, I see the people in this room, I see people in our home church, man, I see men and women and young people that have testimony of knowing Christ, and, and you were searching for something, and you thought something would fill that void in your life. And whatever it was that you, you were looking for, somehow in the midst of that, the gospel got to you. And you, you received it, and, and you were redeemed, and you were made a new creature, and you were made the righteousness of God in Christ. And now God can use you to be an instrument of multiplication. That is a miracle that God would use us. 
That's a miracle that God would want to use us. That's a miracle that God empowers, to use, empowers us to be used of Him. And man, listen, this woman immediately got her priority right. She settled the issue of priority immediately. And she began to tell others about Christ. She went into the city. You, you could say it like this. She must needs go to Sychar. She settled the issue. And listen, no offense, she didn't really have to pray about it. She knew she had met Christ, and then she knew she needed to go. And here's the key in your notes that I want you to get down. Listen, reached people, reach people. Reached people, reach people. She got her priority right. And we're going to see this unfold in her life. And because she got her priority right, she got her provision right. And man, she got her purpose figured out because now she became a laborer in the field. Immediately. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. And, and, and again, many of you know this passage, but, but let's re, be reminded that when Christ saved us, he engaged us in the mission immediately. Listen, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And we all say, Amen. Amen. Verse 18, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. And so listen, the redeemed have been given the ministry of reconciliation. That is us. That's who we are. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. You see, you see, here it is. The reconciled, the redeemed, the reconciled have been recruited to reach others. That's it. But it is that. And we can't miss the issue of multiplication. God saved us. The miracle of redemption ought to result in the miracle of multiplication through our life. Listen, there are just some things you don't need to pray about. I, I, I'm not trying to be a heretic. God's clearly spelled it out that if you have been redeemed and reconciled to Christ, you have been given the ministry of reconciliation. You don't need to pray about it if God's already given you that. He's given you that. Believe what the Word of God says. We are to be ambassadors for Christ, and we're to beseech other people to be saved. So I'll have you go back to John chapter 4 and verse 28. The Bible says, The woman then left her water pot. You know, that, that's where this whole story started, right? The whole story started, she came with a water pot to Jacob's well at the sixth hour because she was thirsty. She had a physical need. And God, in the midst of that, in his divine appointment, met her there and offered her something better, the living water. And listen, when she received what Christ offered she left some things to go do some things. And so here's the question in your notes, and, and here's the question we have to ask ourselves. What are we willing to leave so that we can go? 
What are we willing to leave so that we can go? And again, man, listen, we celebrate missions and missionaries. You guys do an amazing job of honoring and, and, and man, blessing missionaries and getting involved in their life while they're here. It is awesome. Can I just tell you that this woman, man, she got missional immediately. She left her water pot. The thing that she thought would give her sustenance, purpose, fulfillment, and provision. You see, that water pot was the thing that she thought she needed. But, but when she got what she really needed, she was willing to leave her water pot. It was what she was searching for. It's what she thought would satisfy her. It's the thing that she thought would quench her thirst. And yet that was a physical need that represented and manifested a spiritual reality that truly what she needed was Christ. And listen, man, for some of us in this place, for some of us, in order to go, we're going to have to make the decision to leave some things behind. And many times in our life, even as Christians, it's the things that we thought we needed. And even after we get saved, it's the things that we still think we need. I'm telling you, there's sufficiency in the person of Jesus Christ. There's sufficiency in the living water. And listen, the thing that she didn't do was to continue to pursue the physical things that she thought she needed. And she left the water pot. And listen, in, in some of our lives, the reality is there's something that we were searching for. And in the midst of that search, maybe we found Christ. But the reality is, even after we found Christ, we continued to pursue that thing. And that's the very thing that's keeping us from being missional. And, and listen, it, that could be anything. That could be a job. It could be an education. It could, it could be a, a, a certain financial status. It could be a relationship. Hello? Now, i gotta, I got to have this. Now, the greatest relationship, the only relationship you truly need is with Christ. Truly. And if, if you want to take me to coffee... Man, I'd love to share an amazing testimony of, of how God gave me some, some victory in my life in that area. I had to learn that my relationship with Christ was sufficient. And only through that did God give me what I needed in the way of a wife so that I could do the mission. God, God is sufficient. And, and listen, there are things that are water pots in our life. Man, it's relationships, it's hobbies, it's sports. And there are the things that many times we aren't willing to deny ourselves, and it's the things that many times prevent us from becoming missional. Mark chapter 8 and verse 34 says this, When he called the people unto, unto him with his disciples also, he said to them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And we as Laodiceans, man, we don't like to deny ourselves anything. We don't like to deny ourselves anything. You know, and I, I shared some of my struggle. You know, it's like coffee and donuts and Toyotas. Like, I'm just, I struggle. Okay, those are the things. Man, those things can become a hindrance in my life. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 31, I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. Man, it's the water pots of our life that many times keep us from becoming missional, Pastor Mark used to say, our possessions end up possessing us. We're a possessed people. <laughs> and that possession comes from our possessions many times. 
And so listen, in your life and in my life, whatever we ascribe value to or fulfillment from or provision from, if that, if that thing is not Christ, it's a water pot. It's a thing that we think we need. And it's the thing that actually Christ alone can fulfill. And man, when this woman got a hold of the living water, when she met Christ and she heard his words and she was changed, well, she was willing to go. She was, she was willing to leave behind something so that she could go do what God called her to do, which leads to the second point, verse 28. Go back to verse 28 again. She left her water pot, and the Bible says, and, and, and went her way into the city. She went into the city. Okay, so here's the second question. Number one, we have to ask, what are we willing to leave so that we can go? And number two, we have to ask, where are we willing to go for Christ's sake? And listen, this woman went to the city. She went back to the place where, where truthfully, she probably had a reputation. Let's just be honest, right? I mean, I mean again, I, we don't have time, but, but she shows up at this well at the sixth hour. And if you just compare Scripture with Scripture, man, Old Testament, Genesis 24, people went to the well in the evening, not in the high noon, heat of the day. They went when it was cool, and, and she's going in all reality and possibility because she's, she's shamed because of her life of sin, because of the fact that the man she's with is not her husband. And now after she meets Christ, she goes back to the city where she's shamed, where she's lived a sinful life. The place that, 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 that she also knew that there were other people that needed to meet this Jesus. She was willing to go back to her city. And, and man, this is a cool study. If you've never maybe taken the time to study, man, study the, the word city or cities in your Bible especially through the book of Acts, which is really interesting because I think Acts for us is a, a great book of missions. We see the gospel moving out from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the uttermost. And, and interestingly, in the book of Acts, the word city or cities shows up 48 times in 44 verses. God wants us to take Christ to the city. As a matter of fact, through the book of Acts, you, you, could, you could really say that the gospel moved from city to city to city to city. God's heart is that we reach our city. And again, man, as, as, as new Philadelphians, is that, is that the phrase? New, new Philadelphians. That's weird. New Philadelphians. As new Philadelphians, man, your city is your, is your mission. You have to have a heart to reach your city. Listen, if you have a heart to reach your school, praise the Lord. Your family, praise the Lord. Your neighbor, praise the Lord. But listen, lift it to God's standard. We need to reach the city. You know, Pastor Alan Shelby used to say all the time, man, the smallest measure of ministry success, I believe he said it like this, is a city. And we find that through the book of Acts. And so how in the world are we, we going to reach the world if we can't even reach a city? Man, let's reach our city. And so this woman was willing to go. And the first place she was willing to go was her own city. I, I doubt we'll be missional to Zambia, to Kenya, to Tanzania, to Malawi if we're not missional here. And if we're not missional in Huntsville, we have to go to our city. And then, man, by the grace of God, let's go to other cities. You know, for some of us, our garage door is our biggest obstacle. Man, we go home, 
At the end of the day, we work, we do what we do, we, we take our kids to sports, we do all the different things, and then we go home and the garage door shuts and it's like, I'm hanging out in here until tomorrow. And then it's rinse, repeat tomorrow. And I'll do my things and I'll, I'll do my school and I'll do my job and I'll do all the errands and I'll do my sports and then boom, the door shuts and, and nothing else happens. And then rinse, repeat, and man, we never reach our city. This woman was willing to go back to the people that needed to hear about Christ. Number three, here's the question. Who are you willing to engage with the gospel? And here's what's interesting. If you go back to the verse in verse 28, the woman left her water pot, she went her way into the city, and she saith to all the ladies in the city. That's not what it says, is it? She saith to who? To the men. Well, bro, uh, she might have went to the men because she probably had a, a reputation with the men. She went back to the people that probably knew her in her sinful life. She saith unto the men, who are you willing to go and engage with the gospel of Jesus Christ? And listen, the greatest people to be missional with and to are the ones that you and I had connections with immediately after we got saved. Man, listen, whoever your circle is, when you came to Christ... That is, that is the immediate mission field. That's the immediate mission field. And, and, and for the record, well, off the record, because I can't make it for the record here. This isn't my church. But for the record in Huntsville, <laughs> if I could do that, is that even real? I don't know. It's really hard for pastors to make those connections. Can I just tell you, after you've been saved for a minute, it just gets harder and harder. It's, it gets harder and harder to meet the people that need to hear the gospel, not because you're more spiritual, not because you're better, but man, it's like your circle of influence begins to get narrower and narrower and narrower. And listen, we do the work of an evangelist. We do the work of building relationships, but I'm telling you right now, listen, if you're a new Christian, if you've been saved for a minute, can I just tell you, you have people in your life that need to hear the gospel. And you are the one that God intends to use to at least bring it up in conversation I mean, I mean, listen, she went to the men of the city, and, and all she did was offer an invitation. All she said was, man, come see this dude that told me everything I ever did. Come see. It was just an invitation. She didn't go tell them that she was better, she was worse. She didn't beat them over the head with a Bible. She just said, something is different in my life. You need to come see this guy named Jesus. It was an invitation for them to come and see, which is what she did. And listen, anytime we come and see, the, the natural response to that ought to be go and tell. If, if you've come and tasted the living water, if you've re received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've had a, a, a miracle happen in your life, you, you, you took the risk and you came and saw and you met Christ. Well, now it's time to go and tell. And all you can do is go and tell other people, hey, listen, come and see. Come and see. Come meet this man that transformed my life. And, and that leads us into the third point, the message of the mission. Look at verse 39, and, and we'll hurry, but look at verse 39. It says, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him... They besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed, listen, 
because of his own word, and said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him, listen, ourselves, and know that this, indeed, this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. And after two days he departed thence and went into Galilee. Listen, this woman, all she did was give an invitation to come and see, and they did. She shared her testimony. This dude told me everything I've ever done. Okay, you need to come see this guy. And so here's, the, here's just, again, devotional application. Can I just tell you, our testimony, your testimony, my testimony is a bridge to connect people to the gospel. You need to be able to share your story. You need to be able to share your story of how God transformed your life through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And let me just say this, your testimony is not the gospel. Your testimony is not the gospel. My testimony is not the gospel. Me sharing my story on Sunday morning won't save anybody. It won't save anybody. But I can tell people what Christ has done in my life. And then I can give them an invitation to come and see. Come hear his words, right? Our testimony is a bridge that connects people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here's the second key in your notes. When we do that, we become a co-laborer with Christ. We're trying to bring people that don't know Christ to, through our testimony to hear his words. All she did was share her testimony, and she brought them to the person of Christ. And, you know, there's, I think, 1 Corinthians 3 in your notes, for time's sake, we won't cover it. But, but Paul said, listen, man, you know, talking about ministry, you know, Paul said he planted, Apollos watered, but it's God that gives the increase. We just need to labor. We need, we need to share our testimony and connect people with Christ, and God will do the work through the finished work of Christ. And, and so here's the third key. We must connect people to the words of God. You see, our testimony is not enough. We have to connect people with the words of God. Now, this woman, this Samaritan woman, was able to bring people. By the way, she was, she was able to bring many people. She was able to bring people through her testimony to the incarnate Word of God, Jesus Christ. And can I just tell you that we, as born-again believers, ought to be able to bring people through our testimony, listen, to the inscripturated Word of God. We ought to connect people with Christ's words. And when we do that, the Word of God can have an effect. You see, Romans 10 and verse 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? Jay's testimony? It doesn't, man. It's got to be the Word of God. We have to share the Word of God. 1 Peter 1 and verse 23 says that we're born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And so listen, these people came to Christ and they said, listen, we believed because of His own Word. we got to connect people to the Word of God. And, and listen, if that's true, and I believe it is, then what that means is we have to be able to find God's Word. We have to know what it is. Psalm 12, verses 6 and 7, I know you know this passage, man. The words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Proverbs 30 and verse 5 says, Every word of God is pure. And man, as good ministers and co-laborers with Christ, we, we have to bridge the gap. 
between our testimony and, man, the inscripturated Word of God. We need to bring people to this. And listen, God's Word will do the work. God's Word will do the work. There's no pressure on us. Let's share what Christ did in our life, and let's point people to the words of God. And man, it's a, it's a sharp two-edged sword. That thing will discern the thoughts and intents. It'll divide the joint and the marrow. Listen, it is powerful enough. It is the sword of the Spirit. All we have to do is connect people to it. Man, that's missions. And listen, when we do that, when we give them the right message, well, Christ does something amazing. He transforms their life. And so one becomes many through a testimony and through Christ's words. That's powerful. Well, let's wind it down. Let me give you the fourth point and we're done. The fourth point is this, the mandate of the mission. So look at verse 40 and verse 42, the mandate of the mission. So the Bible says, So when the Samaritans were coming to him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. Look at verse 43. Now after two days, he departed thence and went into Galilee. And again, man, I don't think God puts stuff in his word by happenstance. I think God has some amazing things. We've already seen that John 2, 3, and 4 is kind of a, a microcosm of missions because of Christ's movement through Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost. And listen, right here in this passage, the Word of God tells us that the body, bodily presence of Christ abode in Samaria for two days, and then he departed. And many of you know this verse, man. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8. God just paints a picture sometimes with those days in the Bible. Peter says this, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. And Christ spent two days in Samaria, and then his body departed from that place. And again, man, I think the Bible's really cool. It's very interesting, and, and, and many of you, you know, you study, you read the Bible, you, you, you know church history, you know Old Testament history, you know that Old Testament history brings you 4,000 years of human history, and you know that church history lasts, by the way, that's four days, according to 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8, and you know that church history lasts for, for two days, and that you know at the end of the, end of the church age, man, this thing called the rapture calls up Christ's body. Christ's body departs after two days. And then the third day is made up in the millennium. And listen, that's it. God's seven days, God's seven days of human history are up. And then eternity. You say, why does that matter? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Have you been checking the calendar? <laughs> I'm not talking about checking the time. We're going to wind it down. But listen, have you checked the calendar? Man, we are in 20... 23, it's been two days. Man, we're, we're in the last minutes of the last days, in my opinion, of the church age. And what that means is that time is almost up. It's not up yet, but it's almost up. And listen, if you aren't going to get serious and busy about the mission now, when will you? Will, will you say, like the disciples said in verse 35, well, I, mean, I mean, well, there's four more months. Then cometh the harvest. Are you sure? 
Are you sure? Listen, I don't know about you, but, but there's only a finite amount of time that Christ's body was present in Samaria. And can I just tell you, there's going to only be a finite amount of time that Christ's body through the church is present on this earth. And then it's going to depart. And the opportunity to do the mission will be over. It'll be over. And I'm not trying to get weird and, and, and make you make an emotional decision, but can I just tell you, listen, you've got to decide now what you're going to prioritize in your life. You have to decide now what you're going to do for the mission. What are you willing to leave so that you can go? Man, for some of us, we need to leave some water pots in this place. We can leave them at the altar. You can leave them at the altar in your seat. But there's some water pots that are holding us back. And for some of us, we need to open our, our, our mind to go places that Christ would have us go for the gospel's sake. And engage people that need to hear it. And listen, here's the question. How much time do you think we really have? We don't have much time. Let's get busy. Amen.